0: Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, Senior Pastor David Schmaltz. Wishes that relationships are key to our happiness. It's so easy for us to forget that when in this world what we're finding is that it becomes more and more difficult to be able to work through. Uh, The challenges of the relationships that we have in our family, as we find more and more conflict, and uh, when you're not always surrounded by people that understand you or you agree with, um, it becomes a challenge, doesn't it? But the Bible has a lot to say about our relationships. See, the success or the failure of our relationships will determine the quality of life we have. We know this instinctively. But it's something that, again, we continue to learn. You know, And I wanna say, as I begin my portion of this, is that I'm not an expert on relationships. I'm gonna tell you that right now. So I'm not standing up here saying that I've been successful in every relationship I've had. There is absolutely, uh, I cannot say that. And some of you out there said, amen. But, um, but as a matter of fact, I can honestly say that after 51 years of living, I'm still a little confused, yeah. But I'm learning every day, and that's a good thing to do That's why we're here, amen? And what I've learned is this. There are no guarantees. No guarantees. Even after putting all of these principles diligently into play, you cannot control another person's heart. Isn't that right? You just can't. You can, however, guard your own heart. That you can do. And I've spent many an evening, you know, shaking my head and wondering, you know, what else should I have done? What else could I have done? only to see some relationships crumble. You've been there. But then I look at some relationships that have borne hard times, struggles, pressures, challenges, offenses, hurts, even betrayals, but seem to be able to push through them and be able to continue to develop a friendship, a relationship, a lifelong relationship. There are reasons relationships fails uh, fail, and, and we must do our best to look at ways from scripture that we can do our best and do our part to see what see that they don't fail and we're going to look very deeply over the next several weeks and I want to bring to your attention a book that we have in our bookstore it's actually written by my pastor Michael Fletcher who I've served with for over 22 years that uh, and Michael is he's got eight kids so he knows a lot about raising kids and relationships And really working through difficulties and he wrote a book that we have out there uh, building successful relationships and i encourage you to go grab you one of those Uh, it's amazing every time i read it and go through it it's like it 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 becomes it's one of those things that the more you chew on it the more you dig in the more you just say wow that that's a life-giving principle right there and uh, so i'm going to use some of michael's stuff but also uh, add in and uh and what michael taught us in his book was that there are many different expressions of love but all have one meaning. They can all register in our heart as love, these different things. But at the heart of real biblical love is the foundation of selfless giving. And that's something that we have to embrace. We're going to talk about that, break, break down some verses here. Because really, what we often think is love is not really love. And that is very, very important right there. And uh, so let me explain, though. You know, it's the person who says to you, I love you, and pressures you into having sex without marriage. That person's not showing you real love. It's the person that says, I want to develop a relationship with you so I can sell you something. You know, that isn't really showing true love, is because there's a motive. There's a selfish ambition that's at the heart. The person that has unrealistic expectations that they place upon you and will not show you any affix- affection until you meet those expectations, certainly does not love you in a biblical sense. You know, I've had people tell me that they love me. You have too. But they don't really know what they're saying. They say, I love you, bro. But what they really mean is, I'll li- I like you until you disappoint me. Then I'm going to make you pay. See, if we're all honest with ourselves, we have to admit that we've all done this, or we've been tempted to. So what is love? And let's look at it this morning. It's a pretty tough row to hoe. When we think in terms of, uh, of what the Bible says about love, it definitely take us, takes us into deeper waters, and that's good. Because when you get used to splashing around in the, in the small pool that we're used to splashing around in, that to be challenged, to grow, we have to go out into deeper waters, don't we? We just have to, because that's what God has called us to do. So in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 13, it says this, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, Is not easily angered and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. See, the truth is, before I get to breaking this down a little bit more, is that most of what we understand as love is very superficial. Okay? And there are, as we learn in Scripture, there are different definitions of love. We only have really one word for love, and we kind of try to pile it all in there. But there's really a different kind of love. There's the phileo, there, the word where we get the word Philadelphia. It's a friendship, it's a certain kind of love, certain kind of expectations that come with that. But we just call it all love. And what we often do is take a friendship and expect it to go to maybe a different level of an understanding of love. The love we're after is the God kind of love. It's called agape, and you've heard that before. The kind of love that's all in, that's sacrificial, and that's what we're looking at here. As I was reading it, I saw three distinct levels of love that I want to look at here this morning. I want to break them down for us, because you'll see that in order, because we can go through that list, and, and, and I don't know about you, but I felt the same way, overwhelmed. <laughs> you look at that and just say, wow, you look at it and you say, well, I failed there, and I failed there. Oh, I think I've done that one, only to think, it well, I did it with one person, but not with another. And so our understanding, it, just, it gets overwhelming. So I want to break it down a little bit. This is what I see as level one love, and that is patience and kindness. Everyone deserves this, don't they? Because God has called us to be God's kids, and what we discover when we come to Christ is that we learn that everybody else is God's kids. I'm not exclusive. Just because of my where I've been born, what nation I've been born in, what color I am, we're all God's children. And he loves us equally well. He loves us, and he's pursuing us as a lover who wants his kids back as a daddy. And so that first level of love is, is that understanding that everyone deserves that kind of patience, that kind of kindness, regardless of how we're feeling. Regardless of what we think that person has done or have been associated with the group of people or their family or their rowdy bunch, I don't know. But the truth is, patience and, and kindness is what we're all required to give at level one love. I mean, just, you gotta get that down because people will disappoint us, won't they? See, when you, when, you take the, when you start off with, uh, on this foot to say, I will love people when they, you're not going to love. You, you are, you're shut down. It will not go forward in your life. You will not be able to develop the kind of relationships in your life that will be long-lasting. You just won't. Because people will disappoint us. And so we've got to be what? Patient. Love is patient. It's patient. It gives people space. But yet, when we walk into relationships and we've got a very narrow place of where they can fit into my life, and it's just like, look, if you don't do this, you're done. And we've all been there. Where it's just like you try to develop a relationship, maybe you showed up late to a meeting, maybe something happened, or, or maybe you misunderstood what they asked for, maybe you took somebody out to lunch and they didn't pay for it, and you're like, well, man, well, I'm done with that. I mean, I see it happen in churches all the time where we're supposed to be masters of the understanding of the gospel, of the greatest message of love on the planet, and yet we are so quick to be impatient with one another. We'll get into this a lot deeper. I oh, mean, you, your toes are getting stepped on already, aren't they? Hang on. We gotta be patient. Next, we gotta be kind. See, patience is a lot of times is what's going on internally, right? I mean, you're just inside there going... <laughs> I don't want to kill you, but I'm going to be patient. I'm going to wait. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to dig a little deeper here. I'm going to go. I'm going to give you space because you're a human being, And but for the grace of God, I would be doing the same thing. And the truth is, you know, there's no reason for us to want to cut, be angry at somebody who cuts us off in traffic because you've done it before too. You know you have. And even if you didn't know you have done it, you've done it. And you had no clue as you're driving down the road. They're cursing your name. They may not know your name, but they got your license plate, and man, they're cursing it. Uh Uh-huh. And see, that's the great balancer, isn't it? Is to remember. So kindness, simple love and action, you know, it's kind. And a lot of times, you know, we know the Scripture talks about that a gentle, gentle answer is going to turn away wrath. And to be kind. Man, I'll tell you, you want to disarm somebody who's being mean to you and ugly to you, or, you know, and man, all you do is just a couple of kind words. Man, watch your food come out a little faster. Watch people treat you a little bit better, put you at the, the front of the line. Not that that's what you have to have, but kindness. Little acts of kindness. Why do we struggle? Often it's because we're too busy. Our agenda is more important than others' agenda, even if it not true. It's like, man, i got to get, I mean, look, you don't understand. I've got to have my Starbucks, so you better get out of the way. I mean, I don't know, and you see an ambulance go by, and you say, why did they have to die today? I mean, why did they have to have a heart attack today? I've got to get my coffee. Get out of the way. Now, you're laughing at that, but it is the truth. It is the truth. We've all been there. And so we're just busy. We just get so consumed with our own agenda, our own perspective. And really, there's a word for that. It's called self-ishness. It's because we live in a world of our own making, but it's only God when we sur- submit surrender to Him that He begins to help us see the blinders come off, when we begin to see others as His kids. And when we can do that and just say, "Look, I'm living in a world that God has called me to love." Regardless, then some of that kindness can begin to flow. You know, sometimes we feel that others have taken advantage of us, and we lose the kindness, right? We lose it quick. But Paul told us that in the last days, the love of many would grow cold, and Christians, my friends, we've got to be different, because that's how they know we'll be Christians, by our love. But what does he go on to say, by our love for who? One another. So we better get that one down, you know? Andrea and I, uh, Andrea had her marathon last weekend, and she did really well, she finished. Um, I thought she was going to die, but she did it. <laughs> I, saw her, I saw her come around that last corner. And, man, she was digging, but she saw me, and her eyes brightened up. And uh, But anyway, you know, you, you're in that, I forgot I was going to even say about that. <laughs> Except that, well done, honey, that was awesome. Um, yeah, something about relationships in there. Well, I'll get it. <clears throat> but the whole idea is this, folks. Kindness, being gentle to one another, focusing on that, that place of, of pushing aside our, our agenda and getting a bigger heart for people. Man, that's so key. See, our, what we generally live on is religion. And a lot of times our religion runs out. But in order for us to get, you know what I mean by that? What I mean is you you go to church and, you, oh, the pastor said I need to be kind today, so I'm going to, man, I'm going to muscle it out. I'm going to muscle out some kindness here this morning. And you go out there and you you treat the the waitress nice and you you treat the gas attendant nice and you, you might even treat your spouse nice for a little bit. But then I call that religion running out. Because, see, unless your heart is changed, that's all it is. That's all it is, until you let the Holy Spirit come in. And how does, that, how does that happen? Well, the Scripture talks about a contrite heart, a broken heart. And that only happens when you bring it to Christ, when you bring it to him. And just say, Lord, and you're honest with yourself. And you say, I know that, Lord, I'm broken. I know I'm having a difficult time in this level one love this morning. And so I just come to you, and I ask you to just break my heart again for this world. Let me see him the way you see him. And that's a pretty... Car- a, Uh, critical prayer to pray, by the way. Lord, help me to see the world the way you do. That's level one love, and man, I tell you what, that's already hard enough, isn't it? Let's go deeper, level two. At level two, we gotta lose the envy. We gotta get rid of the boasting and the pride, the tendency to wanna dishonor others, our sarcasm, our narcissism. Our focus on ourselves and only us and our pushy anger. See, love cannot flow out of a selfish heart. It just can't. And I'm telling you, love for puppies does not count, okay? Love for puppies. Because I get on Facebook like you do, and you see these big, tough, crusty guys. Oh, I just love you. Lick, 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 lick. And they're just kissing and hugging them. And I see people right under, the oh, such a loving, nice person. Look. Puppies can undo the biggest, crustiest person. You know? Because it's sitting there, think, hey, get out! You know, I mean, it's like how quickly the heart changes. So look, puppies do not count when it comes to sensitivity. All right. Because see, when those negative, hateful vibes begin to flow, love is quickly snuffed out. And Paul understood that. So he says, look, the world deserves Patience and kindness. And he said, but in order for you to be able to understand what love is, you've got to flush these things. Isn't that interesting? Because it is human nature to say, I want to ignore the negative things and just keep adding on. Right? It's like taking a smelly old nasty T-shirt or an undergarment and putting nice brand new clothes over the top of it. Well, you look good, but I'm trying to tell you you smell bad. You can't just cover over the bad. You just can't do it because everybody's gonna know. And it works the very same way with your character. Ignoring the internal, ignoring these things. And Paul knew that, he said, look, if that love is gonna be able to shine, you've got to deal with some of this, 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 this negative stuff. And so, there we are. He says, you gotta get, the, you gotta get rid of those negative, hateful vibes you got to start with kindness and patience, of course. But it says when the flow of envy comes, people forget your kindness and anything you've ever done because envy rots the bones, not just yours but others too, really. I don't know how biblical that is, but, you know, envy is a pretty nasty thing. And is it just me or is Facebook the quintessential envy tester? I mean, it's just like post something about a good part of your day and it's just like, eh. And somebody explained that recently. And it's just like, look, you cannot compare your life to someone because it's like all you do is to see the snapshots of the good things that come. Nobody posts, yeah, well I really got mad at my neighbor and threatened to beat him up today. <laughs> or I got a ticket, just want to let everybody know. My wife and I discussed this divorce this morning. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times, if we're honest with ourselves and we posted that stuff too, we probably wouldn't have as nearly as much of a struggle. But the truth is, all we do is put all the great, wonderful, glorious, glowing stuff. And so we sit back there and say, man, they, they got a good life. And I kind of don't like that. Because my life is full of struggle. And it doesn't look like they're having struggle at all. And so there's only really one thing to do here. Unfriend unfollow and if there's anything else we could do we would do it you know like block them on the internet shut their power down make them break out with the plague right now amen click come on now let's be real and let's be honest and don't sit there and say honey I am glad we don't have Facebook yeah, but see, you know, the human heart man is going to find a find a place. It's going to find a place. We all have it. It's this disease called sin. And uh, you know, we we get tested in those areas, and envy begins to come up. And it's at those places that really we need to just, in in a sense, that's a good thing. If, you're, if your heart is, is having the dross come to the top because of envy, if envy and jealousy is coming up in your life, you know what, that's a good thing. It's all what you do with it that's key. Because if you continue to nurse it and let it go and you become a hateful person, well, then you're failing the test of love. And you know what? Can I follow the whole thing right, on, on through? You're not gonna have many healthy relationships. You're just not. Because even the people that you think that love you and know you, they know deep inside that all they have to do is cross you and you're going to get unfriended, baby. And so a lot of friendships are just a lot of people working really hard not to tick each other off. Instead of walking in a relationship that breathes, man. And you can laugh about what you do or you take the extra step to say, hey, look, man, I'm sorry, did I defend you? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I had a leader come to me one time. Oh, my gosh. Wasn't here, thank God. But anyway, I was in a and, and leader meeting after leader meeting. He'd get to this crusty old smadge, who was Sergeant Major guy. And he'd always get to his part of the, where he would share something. And he always went for me. Every single time. Yeah, well, you know, Pastor David, if he would just get his act together, you know, that part of the service would really go. And I'm just like, <sighs> dude. But, you know, I didn't make a big deal out of it. I just sucked it up every time. And, you know, people who know me, that's kind of who I am. So anyway, he came out of a meeting one time, and he walked up to me. He must have been feeling really good and all full of love. And he walked up to me, and he said, hey, that doesn't bother you when I do that. And I said, well, actually, it does. And then he just stopped. And he looked at me, and he said, what? I said, yeah, man. I said, you throw me up under the bus every single meeting. I said, that's not cool. I said, you know, I really want to be your friend, but, you, you know, I'd appreciate it if you'd stop that. And he was just like, oh. He and I are close to this day. Because you know what? Truth can bust through some things sometimes. I showed him just about as much patience and kindness as I could go. But when he asked me, it was time. It was time to tell the truth. And I blessed the guy. Of course, he and his wife, I mean, we were tight. I mean, she was an awesome lady. And, uh, and she, would, she was always apologizing for him. And I'm like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> you know? But I mean, that's just reality. You know, and sometimes, and, and, and it really was a good thing for him, I think, to, to finally get to that point, to maybe even examine his own behavior and just say, I wonder if that bothers him. And I was honest. See, pride, if we go a little, we kind of change gears here, pride is scary stuff, isn't it? The Bible tells us that it's a root of all evil and is the most difficult thing to snuff out. It really is. But to ascend to a greater level of loving, we have to flush what is that level two antithesis of love? Going over that again. Again, envy. And, and envy is something you can feel. It, 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 it exudes. You can see it in the eyes. That's the one thing about love and the human soul is the eyes, which I, which is another reason why I do not like Facebook. I mean, I use it to connect with the church, and it's good. But you know what? This face-to-face stuff is in what we're doing here is so critical. Don't buy in that you can just walk with God and live your life on the internet. Man, just don't do that. Because you can't connect soul to soul. God's created the eyes to be windows. And there is so much that happens there. Matter of fact, we develop friendships, even fall in love. We do so many things instant, I mean, within nanoseconds of looking at a person. Just connecting soul to soul. So I tell you what, you, you can't deal with some of these things until you connect soul to soul. You know, we were talking, I was sitting with a friend having lunch, and um, and they said, you know what, I just realized that almost all boasting really is going to cause that person to stumble. And then Paul really kind of answered, he said, if you're going to boast, boast about the Lord. You remember the verse on that? Man, it cut me to the quick, because I thought, you know... And and Andrew and I had a good conversation about it. we all love to boast about our children and we should. That that's a good healthy thing to do. But we also need to be careful when we're telling people. Cause sometimes instead of just inviting them to celebrate you, you're you're just going you're just driving them in. And sometimes we know that and we need to lay off. I mean it's a good thing to celebrate the wonderful things that have happened to us, but I think we need to be sensitive too. And that's where I was cut. I was just like Yeah, you know, I got to be careful about that because, you know, no one is more interested in my success than me. (laughs) And I like letting people know, right? So do you. And so sometimes we need to be careful with that to show interest. And we'll get into this later in in this study on relationships. We'll talk about interest and how we can do that. But Paul is saying you got to get rid of the negative stuff. Okay, got to get rid of that. Dishonoring the quick the quickness that we have towards the tendency of when we're around somebody and they're being negative about someone. Look, all I can say is seeds are sown. It doesn't matter up in, into which that seed is sown, into which field that seed is sown. What I mean is this. If you're, even if you're dishonoring someone without them hearing you, it goes up. It is a seed sown. And you never know, especially in Roanoke Rapids, uh, who's related to who. Man, did I ever learn that last when I got to town? I mean, I'm being just a little bit negative about something and find out that's cousin and woo! Man, you know, an hour doesn't go by and you're on somebody's blacklist. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or your kid's getting bounced from the all-star team or this is happening or that's happening like, whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think some small times. I, I laugh at people from big cities sometimes. I say, man, you can hide. But in Roanoke Rapids, man, you can run, but you cannot hide. <laughs> man, go to Walmart. Man, you can't be, I can't be mean for nothing. I mean, forget it. I mean, I walk in and say, well, hey, Pastor David. It's like, oh, hey. I was just getting ready to lambast this person for why they don't carry my favorite cereal, you know? It's like, Anyway. It's like that gal who got caught uh, pouring into that ESPN reporter that got, got put on video. Woo! You know, the Bible talked about that all things would be shouted from the rooftop. I think we're kind of getting an idea of that, of just how that's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, you can't do anything with a camera rolling these days. Look at me. I mean, I'd be recorded right now. <laughs> wow. Okay. Level three. So you got to dump. Got to start off with some basic understanding of love, and we got to dump the stuff that, that, can, that can tear us down and will tear others down. And what it does, really, I, I want you to understand is why Paul mentioned it, is it stifles, it squelches, it, uh, it, it, it infects, it destroys love at its very get-go. Right? I mean, it's literally saying, I love you, and then slapping them. It's a mixed message. It doesn't work. Level three, the consistency of love. He goes on to say, it does not keep score. It rejoices in real wins. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Mmm, consistency. In other words, I can't love you one day and then treat you like dirt the next. I mean, we've got to learn to get into this consistency thing. As, as believers, and, and again, to, to really, if you want to have healthy relationships, it's like don't give up on people. Don't keep score a record of wrongs. Don't do that. I mean, and we're all tempted to do that, aren't we? Especially in our marriages, but I tell you what, when it comes to that, it's like what can really, really put that in, in perspective right away, again, is seeing ourselves in the light of who we really are. Because in other words, even at whatever we do, I mean, whatever they do, we've probably done times 10. And for us to turn right around, and really, it's, it's just what Jesus shared, wasn't it? About the, the man with the, uh, the, the great debt, the unmerciful servant that I shared a few weeks ago. That here we're we're out there and God has forgiven us. Great sin and we have poured it out. We've been down at this altar. We've been on prayer walks and prayer rides and we've been to conferences and we've cried out to God, please forgive me for this great sin. And yet, man, when somebody just does a little bit of something, ooh, they're cut off. That's not right. Love is consistent. It pushes through and says, I'm not going to keep a score with you. I'm not going to do it. Peter comes up to Jesus. How many times shall I forgive my neighbor? Seventy-seven. 77 times seven in other words every time it's needed now does this mean that we're supposed to be in abusive situations of course not but not after we have consistently loved them you see love sometimes means i got to move on from you sometimes it does because then, really, what you do is you say, look, I, I can't let you hurt me anymore because that's setting you up. And so i got to move away. And i got to let you be holding the ball on your own so that you will cry out to God. That's biblical. That's Matthew 18 right there. We rejoice in the real wins. You know how you want to test a friend? Oh, man, I shouldn't even tell you this, but here we go. You want to test a friend? Do they rejoice over your wins? Do they rejoice over your wins? Or do when you tell them, they go, that's nice. Hey, anyway, uh, you want to get lunch next week? <laughs> hey, I just told you something really wonderful, man. You don't love me. Well, you know, you, know, you got to work through that. But what I'm saying is we got to rejoice with people in their victories because that's showing interest. That's showing care. That's showing the consistency of trying to get into their life. It always protects. You know, you, you want to protect a person's character. You want to trust. You know, sometimes Christians are uh, thought to be kind of gullible. And, and um, not only gullible, but th- that they're not, they don't always guard their hearts. There is wisdom, but there's also this point where Jesus says, look, if they ask you for your, your cloak, right? Or they ask you for your shirt, you give them the cloak. He's saying, look, that's what you're called to. You're called sometimes to suffer for the sake of love. That doesn't preach so good, does it? <laughs> because we want it on our own terms. But you'll see, you'll see why that's a good idea. Always tr- tr- trust, always hopes, always perseveres. Playing old tapes, not a good idea. Because you know what, if we never let a person up or, or, or even have a chance to change, oh this one drives me nuts. Because we all have a snapshot of a person that maybe we've known in the past and we we tend to try to keep them in that place, don't we? You did this and you're always gonna be this way. But see, don't we grow? Don't we change? Don't we have, don't we even look at that mess and say, well, I'm never gonna do that again. I mean, we've all been there. And so we need to, buy, to honor someone to, to have hope for a person's life is even to inject that to say, man, I'm so grateful that I learned from my mistake on that, and I'm, I'm believing they did it too. See, that's the always part, moving forward. And what I like to say is, look, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt until it's absolutely, painfully clear that there is reason to doubt. And that's what love is that's what it is see that always we talk about protecting kind of got a hell of myself on these notes here but let me I want to give you it all Um, always protects do you turn your head when others mistreat or slander that's not being level a loving because sometimes you need to defend somebody's character and their honor okay but to just turn your back is that subtle way of saying you know, I'm not going to pass this test right now. But to stand up for someone's character and their honor, you know, because, see, we should fight for it, shouldn't we? For people that we know, people that we stand with, especially another believer. You know, I, I never, and, and, and this is, I'm putting this out there, but when I hear people be negative or talk negatively of another pastor in town, I'm very, very careful, very careful. You say, Why? Well, because when what comes around goes around, you sow a seed. I mean, isn't that biblical? Absolutely. Plus, I don't know this guy's heart. I don't know what they did. I mean, people often will come to Valley and they'll just say, "Yeah, I'm just leaving another church, and man, that pastor he did this, this, and this, and didn't I'm just like, "Well, I understand that, and I hope you get. I mean, I hope you can work that out in your heart." But I know nothing of the situation because he does not have a, t- a chance to defend himself. And sometimes that's the way it works out. And isn't that just the way life works? The first to present his case is always right. And I've learned that in in, in counseling over and over again. Say, well, look, man, you've told me a really amazing story. Man, you've really had it rough. Do you mind if I talk to the other person? Oh, well, no, I'd rather you not do that. I think I need to. Only to find out, look, you just got out of the loony bin. (laughs) I'm just joking but only to find discoveries like that. I guess that's what I'm saying. All right. So we're all called to guard our heart. Yes. Because out of it comes the wellspring of life. And see, guarding our heart is not always just falling for people who try to deceive us. Guarding our heart also means to not let in some of the negativity that can destroy our ability to love people. That is the kind of guarding our heart that's really, really... You know, and it's also meaning... Be careful to not get into a relationship that's not based on biblical love in the first place. Because, see, we all can be drawn into that, especially young people these days. The first person that gives you a wink uses flattery. Uses just the, 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 you know, the superficial things that can cause your heart to flutter and think, oh, they care. Well, that's just an, in, an indication that we live in a culture, my friends, that is so devoid of real love, people don't know what it even tastes like. You know what I'm saying? And so, man, just a wink makes them fall over. It's like, man, you, don't, you didn't get a lot of love, did you? You didn't get a lot of love. Well, may I be a fool just for a moment? That is why I love my girls and my my boys. That's why I love them and hug them and kiss them. I'm communicating to them to let them know this is what a daddy does. And for my girls to know this is what a man does. He's loving, he's kind, he's gentle. He does tell you to get some things done from time to time. Especially your heavenly daddy. And that's important, isn't it? So what's our takeaway this morning as we finish up? Our takeaway is this. To attract friends and to love them biblically. To keep friends. You know, we've got to love them biblically. Let me back up because I'm reading this wrong. If you want to attract a friend, you've got to love people biblically. Okay? If you want more friends in your life, don't try to snare them. Don't set a trap by using anything false from your life. Be who you are and love them the way that Jesus is. You will attract more people as friends if you, are the, if you show those always that I just, I just shared with you. If they see the consistency of love and that you're working hard to rid yourself of envy and pride and, and, and not that you're self-deprecating, that you're always putting yourself down because that's, that's not a healthy thing. But that you, that's not the first thing you mention. Hey, I just want to let you know I'm doing better than you. You know I'm sorry you're really you're looking rough today, but let me tell you about my day. I'm not going to attract anybody that way to keep friends, you've got to love them biblically when they let you down. love them, forgive them, move on. mention it to them. We're not really good about that part, are we and but a lot of times what we'll do is we'll we'll mention it third person on Facebook. Um, I just want to let the world know today that Sometimes people really, 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 really disappoint you. And you just look at that and just say, "Um, come on, man. Just get on your phone and call them. Or walk up to them and just say, hey, look, I just want to let you know you hurt my feelings when you did that. Oh, I did? I didn't even know it. Wow, they didn't even know it? And you were ready to shoot them. Wow. Does the enemy take advantage of that? (sighs) Big time destroys people's friendships. And sometimes it's hard to swim back from, very hard. I heard somebody say one time, and, and I've, I've tried to live this, they said, what other people are saying behind your back is none of your business? That's hard to get over, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, think about that just for a minute. It's like, no, but I want to know. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because sometimes people say things they don't mean. And sometimes they get in a situation; and they're angry. Sometimes they're frustrated. But if I hear people talking about me, I, mean, I just, you know, I get away. I just move out. Say, so I know, I don't, nah, 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 I don't want to hear it. Because likely they're going to turn right around and say, "We, well, yeah. oh hey, how are you?" They're trying. When losing a friend, love them biblically anyway. It is. You know, sometimes people are going to cut you off because they just couldn't pass the test. They just couldn't get through the negative quagmire of the, the stuff that Paul said. They just can't get through it. And it's okay. You got to let them go. But keep loving them. Don't walk around and when somebody asks you, hey, man, I just got to know someone. Yeah, you might want to unknow them. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you might not want to know them. Because let me tell you what they did to me. That's not good. Not good at all. Love is powerful. It's going to win the hearts of people. But it has to be void of selfish ambitions and personal gain. That's hard. See, you know, if you have a desire for personal gain, which, you know, we can't deny. You want to have love in return, right? Nobody wants to be in a relationship where you're always giving, 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 giving. Because I know that's exactly where you are and where I live, too. But if you sow, the Bible says, if we sow, it will return. So if we give selflessly, God is watching. He loves you. He sees your obedience. And he's going to make sure you get filled up with what you need. That does not preach well. That is not what you hear in grade school. That is not what you're going to read in the paper. But it's Bible. And it's true. You've got to serve without expectation. Speak when hurt, again, or disappointed. There, you, you, sometimes you just got to let people know. And the Bible tells us to do, a, do everything as unto the Lord. Everything unto the Lord. Because then you will never be disappointed. Is that right? Never be disappointed. Never losing the investment of time. When it's done unto God. When it's done into the void, or done in my name, the Bible says it will be burned up. Wood, hay, stubble, straw. But doing it in his name, even the simplest of things, is eternal. And that's cool stuff right there. And it will change the hearts of people. Now, I've waited to make this announcement here at the end because I don't know that I would have been able to make it through um, the sermon. But I I ask you to be praying for my family and and I because my father passed away this morning. And uh, so he died of cancer. He had oral cancer about six months ago. He got the radiation, talked with him. He was excited. The doctors all said, hey, um, uh, he looks good. Don't need to see him for another year. Well, unfortunately, it did come back, and it came back with a vengeance, and it took him very quickly, shockingly so. And, uh, but I, I just wanted you to know that, that in the coming days, I want to share more of my story. I led my dad to Christ when, he was, when I was 17 years old and he was going through the most difficult time in his life. We were joined together by that, that part of our journey, our lives. And even though my dad in many ways was a mess, he survived the flood, he was abandoned, he was adopted by a family that all they really needed was a farmhand. He had uh, two wives leave him. And yet, in his last few hours, he said, I have had a wonderful life. And I looked at that and I said, You know what? <laughs> it's amazing. My dad smoked for 50 years. He lived 80 years. 80 years. And eight children. Yes, eight children. One, you know, I was in the middle, somewhere in there. And I just, you know, I'm going to be writing some things more about my dad's story in the coming weeks and months. And uh, I dug out some of his old newspaper article. My dad used to write for a living before he retired. He was a farmer, then he went into sales, then he was in the newspaper business for a long, long time. He, He did a lot of things. And he was a very amazing man. When I think of relationships, my dad was an expert. He loved people, man. He was an expert. And I'll tell you what, he was about him. He's, he did not let what happened to him destroy his hope. He was, th- <laughs> he was abandoned, man. Grew up in an orphanage. Nobody wanted him until this farm couple said, yeah, let's look at his arms. Okay, let's take him. And yet he loved them and spoke wonderfully of them, to his final days. He's with Jesus now. And we'll see him. I and mean, you're going to get a chance to meet him one day, hopefully not too soon. But I just wanted to share that with you, my church family, and to be praying for my family and, and I as we work through that and, uh, and let me grieve in my own way. You know, The good news is I was able to share every bit of my heart with my dad. He and I were good to go. I wrote him a tribute letter and shared all of my, my gratitude for all of the stuff he put up in my, with, with me in my life and all the things that he had to endure and, and, and embracing his successes, not mentioning a single one of his failures and just loving him so that he could go on to heaven knowing that he could hear that well done, thou good and faithful servant, from my perspective which he needed to hear. And so, anyway, thank you for praying for us and and my family. And again, I I wanted to share this with you and um, thought it was important that I do so. I didn't want you to see it on Facebook.